and welcome to Five Questions with Steve Moulter. That's me. Kevin Avery is a comedian, actor, and writer for TV. He's written for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, The Jim Jeffries Show, The New Negroes, VH1's Best Week Ever, and served as head writer on Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell. Also with Kamau, he hosts Denzel Washington is the Greatest Actor of All Time, period. The title speaks for itself. It's a podcast. Definitely check it out. In essence, Kevin's pretty damn funny. He also recommends really good lunch spots. Kevin has lived and worked in San Francisco and New York, but it was in L.A. where we connected to chat about artistic collaboration, helplessness and love, the spiders that seem to have taken residence in his apartment, and his process of writing. And before you ask, yep, he answered five questions. Meet Kevin. looking at yeah. so I'm not so I'm not looking this way talking like we're in two different studios <laughs> we could probably is, do that actually this is how we do this uh, <laughs> this is how we do it like it's split uh, screen <laughs> glad I called in to the station um, so one of my favorite things I love talking to comedians because comedians um, there's a very different perspective of art in mm-hmm. my opinion yeah. this is completely me thinking here okay you're alone Generally, oh, right? Like God. when you're stand up, really taking it right to the core. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Okay, I'm by myself. <laughs> Fine, I'll die alone, <laughs> alone and sad. Yeah, win a split screen with me. Sure, <laughs> it'll be great. Yes. Um, but you have to do it by yourself. Yeah, right. Stand up. Mm-hmm. You also write. Yeah, you're on teams of writers. How sure. do you how do you approach collaboration? Like, how do you collaborate when you come from that distinctly solo background? Well, it's weird because um, even though stand-up is like a solo thing, you have to start by yourself, collaboration becomes kind of the key to everything. Okay. Because, you know, I always tell people who are trying to figure out how do I, I hate to use the term make it, but for lack of a better phrase, you know, how do I do this? How do I make it? How do I get started? You know, and for me, the key to it is always finding like-minded people, people yeah. who are doing the same things you're doing. Maybe not exactly, but, you know, you're, for instance, you know, when I started in San Francisco, there were a ton of comics there, and some of us were were just doing stand-up, some of us were writers, some of us were wanted to, to write for TV shows or movies, some were like directors and trying to shoot stuff, and so you're around all these people, and it's not just for stand-up, for improv and sketch and all these things, actors, everything, you find these like-minded people and then they're going to be the ones to, what the hell is that? <laughs> Whose fries this are ready? This is fun because this is how it goes. This is, this oh, is I know what LA. Doing a U-turn in your a driveway. package <laughs> truck is pulling into my driveway and getting out. Uh, but, you know, it's, these are the people that will, whether it's, you know, like, they'll become your writing partner or they'll become the person who comes to you with a thing like, oh, I hear you have a camera. You like to shoot stuff. I have this script I wrote. I have the, you know, these are the people that are going to slowly, you're all going to elevate each other little by little. So it's sort of the building blocks of, of all of this career wise as for how you actually jump into it just from a, um, I guess a work point of view. It's, I don't know. I, I think that depends on, who you're working with. You know, when I, W. Kamal Bell and I became writing partners fairly early on. And, um, I felt like it, I felt like it worked in some ways and it worked in, it didn't work in other ways. So when we, 
we first started writing together because we were we thought we'd bounce our stand up off of each yeah, other. Totally. And and riff and come up with ideas and tags and oh here's a thing you could do for this bit. And <laughs> very very quickly, you know, we we think differently as comedians. Mm-hmm. And work differently. And so I am very much, I have to sit down and map it all out. And I'm like, I'm, it's like I'm planning a heist okay. or something. <laughs> and Kamal would just say things, you know, in conversation, I'll say funny stuff, we right. could, you know, but he would, he would say something that would come out like ready-made, like joke, just yeah, like, just like I could just take this right to the stage <laughs> as is. He had a, a great talent for that. And and so we would sit down and sort of go over our material. You know, oh, I have this idea for this, and he, I would throw something out to him, and he'd be like, "Yeah, you could say this," or you know, blah blah blah, this tag, and he'd be like, "Oh, perfect, let me write it down." And he'd go, "Great." So now I got this thing, um, and it's like I'm thinking about talking about blah blah blah, and I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, let yeah. me um, let me come back to you in a few days right. on that." You know, so that was I. I was like, "Oh boy, this is not." You know, I I never felt as good at it as as him, and so it was almost slightly off balance when we started writing scripts together. Mm-hmm. It was we had different strengths, and they fed into each other, mm-hmm. and that really helped to drive how we put our stories together and how we how we grew as writers, even. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you just it it really depends on your partner and who you're working right. with, and in in a professional setting. You're just gonna be thrown into the room, and you better figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just gonna, you're. It's like you're with people, and you're working with them in the room, and then you kind of go away and do your own thing mm-hmm. for a while. So it's, it's not a constant. Like you're not just always face to face having right. to deal with you know these folks. But so like when you first got into the room for the first time on like you know mm-hmm. what was, did you have someone to help you like guide through it, or were you just like sink or swim? Well. My first room was was totally biased. Mm-hmm. It was Kamau's show. Mm-hmm. And so the the thing that we a lot of us had there is that we a lot of us knew each other. I probably knew uh, you know half of that room at, at least, probably more, I think actually. And um and so we were all and a lot of us were new. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we were all sort of huddled together, yeah. like I hope we all like make taking it. Care of each other. Yeah. yeah. So we were just sort of looking out for each other and learning at the same time, and including Kamau. This yeah. was his first TV show. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people on that show were doing. It was the first time, like they were doing jobs that they had not done before. Yeah. Um, writers, producers. I, I think a lot of people were sort of. If I'm not mistaken, but I think a lot of people were sort of figuring out their position for the first time. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. How do you define being in love? Oh. And in love is in air quotes very deliberately. How do you define being in love? Man, that took the hardest, craziest turn. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, this is how we do it. How do I define being in love? 
And I you can always just go, so you know what? Tired. I don't want to talk about this. No, I'm all about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about this. Um, <laughs> this one, I, you know, I would say that I'm trying to think of what I would say to different people who ask me this question. That's what's really gro- okay. going through my mind. Like, I've, this is a conversation I've had with people. And I think a lot about it. I haven't been in love in a very long time. Okay. And and so it's kind of a fear of mine that it won't happen again. You know, you just, this could be the last blah, blah, yeah. blah. Anything you do could be the last time you do it. Yeah. And so um, I would say, I would define being in love as a, a sort of helplessness. Um. You know, I don't want to say romantic, but yeah, sure, a romantic helplessness, something that's just completely out of your control. And um, finding finding something with somebody that you can't, that just, that isn't there with other people, no matter um, how, you know, attractive they are or how um nice they are to Mm -hmm. you or how much you guys get along or even have uh you know a specific thing in common i think love is sort of it's it's not up to you to quote bjork um that's i think the first bjork reference i've ever had on the show so that's awesome (laughs) that's um but it's sort of it's it's very much out of your hands and um you know i there i have been attracted to people and cared about you know i've cared about women in a in ways that i still feel like i have a little bit of control over okay. it and um but i feel like love is not it's you're just you're just going. You're, yeah. It's like having a. This is a grim metaphor, but it feels like it's having a, a rock tied to your ankle, and you're like, I guess I'm just going down, and that's fine. It's beautiful down here in the ocean. You know, somehow I can breathe. Right, right. You know, but um, th- you just have to kind of go with it. Right. And um, not that I'm saying that love will kill you. It it may. Though it could. Yeah. Uh, oh, what if it kills me? Wouldn't that be ironic? thinking that this is the last like that was the last time and then it comes around again and then you die oh, man <laughs> not to go there but i mean if that happens i am gonna chuckle okay. like i'm gonna remember this conversation and i'm gonna be like okay, okay. Anyway. hats off and oh, then i man. will i will die but yeah i mean i i think that's um it's such an unknowing mysterious thing yeah. that's the fun yeah. part to it is you just you kind of can't see it coming yeah You mentioned something at the very beginning. You talked about, you brought up fear. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like, what is your greatest fear? Uh, uh, that's one of them. Yeah. Um, that's probably the number one fear. Um, right below that, well, I'll just say it's one of them. And mm-hmm. then the other two in no particular order. Um, going to prison. Yeah. I feel like we're all just two or three steps away yeah. from 
like doing hard time. Yeah. Just anybody. Um, well, does, I, I, I want to I want to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a similar fear. Uh-huh. It scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, did you what, watch Oz? Yes, and that's what yeah, did it. I was that cemented it for me. That was it. Oh, I was like, I, I'm I never watching prison shows yeah. again, and I'm never going to go to prison. Oh, I love prison it. shows though. I'm fascinated with them. They yeah. like disturb me, even if they're funny. Like Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't, I can't watch it. Oh, I'm it's all like about it. Real. I love it. I the, I shit like that that scares me. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all about good, it. Good for you. I'll watch yeah. horror movies, but not prison shows. That. Um, so, but horror movie in a prison. I'll have to think about that Okay. One. <laughs> all right. If, so for you, you say like we're all two, three steps away. Mm-hmm. Like how do you see that in your own life? How, what are your two, three steps um, that you're afraid of? Well, j- uh, okay. So like I've had a, a warrant out for my arrest before, but for like uh, speeding tickets, yeah. like a failure to appear. Yeah. The, and I know someone who someone else who was just talking about this and they were like, is this going to be a... So I, is this an actual warrant event? I was like, yeah, you know, they're, they're probably not going to come not knocking on your you. door. <laughs> yeah. Although I've heard of that happening. For but a in, speeding ticket? Yeah. I, I, look, I don't know. There may have been some, you know, yeah. extenuating circumstances, but I, I, I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah. But I've heard of that happening. But I, I've had, I think I've had a warrant out once and then my license was suspended once for yep. ju- I was I was grossly irresponsible with money <laughs> and with paying tickets and doing all that stuff for a very long time and so um yeah like you're running around with a warrant because you didn't pay the ticket right not paying the ticket just that's that's an automatic failure to appear right um and and so, yeah, I get pulled over for a speeding ticket, and then I potentially go to jail. Mm-hmm. I don't know for how many days. Mm-hmm. What if it's the weekend? Right. I mean, it, the, the, you know, I get pulled over for a ticket and go to jail. That might be a day. Yeah. And then I get bailed, do do whatever. But if you're in there for the weekend and you can't get out, you know, you have to survive in jail for a couple of days. Well, depending on where you are, well, I don't know what jail they put you in. If you're in Los Angeles and you go to county, yeah, well, no, that's you. a trouble. Yeah, and so now you you have to defend yourself. Yeah. So what does that mean? You got to fight. You got. Right. I'm just thinking worst case yeah, scenario, exactly, right. which might be the regular, just, <laughs> you know, Oz. But you know, yeah, if something goes down yeah. and you have to handle yourself just to survive. Well, that's now you have another charge on top of that. Like, that's how that shit happens. They just stack, you know, that's recidivism. Recidivism? Thank you. Yeah. Um, What did I say? You said recidivism. Oh, okay. I'll double check when I listen back, but yeah, Yeah. you're good. Um, But, um, I mean, obviously that's not... (laughs) There's a much larger problem with recidivism of course that, yeah but course. um i hope i pronounce that properly the second time so i was so boldly said the word again look at me so, you gotta commit okay so uh, but so yeah that's uh, that happens in the you know and then tiny and then little, that's it yeah Is, okay so. so then fear number three you said there was oh, two getting other. kidney stones. Oh, <laughs> getting I and I wasn't afraid I don't of mean it. To laugh at all, because yes, no, I you know it's a ridiculous fear, and I'll tell you, I wasn't afraid of it until, um, well, I remember it really seeming horrible when I, I think, on Seinfeld. Yes, Kramer got we him. We just we just streamed. Yeah, 
My girlfriend and I have streamed it lately, and the, the yeah. oh, Kramer got him. And we, I just remember laughing at the, like you know whatever another fun Seinfeld episode. But yeah. then I saw an episode of Friends where Joey got him. Oh geez. And I was like, oh, this is yeah, this you're like this is close this is to home. This is crawling across my front lawn. <laughs> this guy's in his in his twenties. I mean, I you know if it could happen to him, yeah. it could happen. You know, and so I. So I, what do you do to prevent kidney stones? For all the for all the people out there who are concerned, nothing. Cool. No, I drink a lot of water, but I just do that anyway because I like. Yeah. But I hope that sort of offsets because I had terrible beverage habits. Oh, I still do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's talk about those. I used to drink a lot of Red Bull. <laughs> oh, geez. And <laughs> God, why would I do that? I just what, I went was through it this Red phase. Bull and vodka or was it just Red Bull? Straight no, up? just Red Bull. Like, just so what was happening is when I first started doing stand up, mm-hmm. I I worked at a a tech company in uh, San Jose. I grew up in San Jose, California, mm-hmm. and started in the San Francisco comedy scene. But I was living in San Jose at the time. I had a a day job there, and it was in the tech industry, an industry of which I knew nothing. <laughs> doing a job of which I knew even less (laughs) and so it was uh, I mean it's not underselling it to say I sort of it was like a a con job that I got into like I just what were you doing I was a technical writer oh oh dude no problem I don't know anything about yeah (laughs) it's just if you don't know what a technical writer is um, it is basically I wrote documentation for uh, instructions uh, tutorials, uh, manuals, the thick-ass manuals mm. for software and hardware products. And I don't mean like something fun like your your Xbox or your whatever, even your laptop or what. But like semiconductor equipment. Oh, that sounds like a blast. I don't know what that is. I worked for a right semiconductor here. company. I had no... I If someone had quizzed me, I, I, I don't know. And so I... I but I just... Did those jobs and laid as low as I could and tried to avoid any responsibility and um, was fired from a bunch of them. Okay. Because I didn't, usually they would figure out pretty quickly, like they either were like, oh yeah, this guy's cool. We like him. Or they would figure out within like two or three months, oh, this guy, he doesn't know what he's doing and this is going to be a disaster. And so they would just let me go. But I was a contractor, so I technically was never fired. Oh, nice. So that was just a job that didn't appear on my resume. Sure. Two or three months, sure. that's the blink of an eye, yeah. you know. Um, so I did that for a while, and I, when I was working at this one particular company, that's when I decided to do stand-up. And I would go to work every day, leave by 4, 4.30, mm-hmm. either go home and take a nap or go to a movie, just take a break, and then come back to the office when everyone was gone mm-hmm. between like 6.30, 7 find a conference room, didn't want to be sitting at the same desk I'd been at, and that's where I would write. And I did this like every day for three weeks wow. before my first set. And because um, I was like, well, I, I have to get some material. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And then I continued to do that afterwards. But I would get these snacks. I would just, all the snacks in the world, I would stop in some kind of mini mart or bodega, if you're from the East Coast, and um, <laughs> and get chips and uh, you know just junk just crap and then i would get often i would get a bottle of martinelli's apple cider okay and i would at times or sometimes at the same time get like uh a, a mountain dew 
Okay. And just all kinds of crap. And um, I, the Mountain Dew, obviously, to stay awake. But it was heavy and gross. And then I discovered Red Bull. And, and I was like, go. here we go. Right. And Red Bull. I, to this day, I love Red Bull. It's the oh, just the nectar of the gods. But I also knew it was killing me. Yeah. Or it would if I kept drinking it. And so I switched to coffee, which I did not drink before. And I had this slow evolution of like, well, I'll just try a mocha. Okay, well, now I'll just try a latte. Well, now I'm just going to get coffee. And so, you know, here we are. Here you are. Yeah. So I drink as much water as I can. That's and good. I, I don't know. Was that, <laughs> that sounds like a fascinating tale. <laughs> Kevin, tell us, take us through your drinking you habits drink? you over drink the years. Water? Yeah. That'll be my next question. Why? Why <laughs> for everyone. So question number four, why do you drink water? Why water? Why? It's good. It's tasty. So when you started out, you you mentioned, um, I'm not going to strict uh, uh, stick to uh, the five questions rule necessarily okay. because I like to riff a little bit. As okay. Well. You mentioned that you when you went back to the office, you would work at a different place than you were working all day. Yeah. Why did you do that? Oh, because I just been sitting there all day. I didn't want it to feel. I wanted it to feel as less like work, day job work as possible, yeah. and. Um, I didn't want to be going back to the same thing. I wanted to be in a different place mentally and, um, and physically. And also I was going, I was in these conference rooms and so there was a lot of room to stretch out and Mm -hmm. I could pace and talk things through. I could write things on the whiteboard if Mm -hmm. I wanted to. Essentially I was sitting down and just mainly sort of writing like free form on a topic that I, knew I wanted to discuss and had a couple of ideas, funny thoughts about that topic. And then I would go and just sort of write and vomit it all out on the page. But I made sure I included those little beats. And sometimes something would come out of that that would build on, oh, this is, okay, this is, this is going to be funny. This, you know. And then I would get maybe three to five pages on, on that topic wait a few days and go back to it later Mm. and go, all right, I think this is funny. This could be a joke. This, I could take this thing. You only were going to find like two, maybe three things. And then you would take those out and build them and structure them like a, a joke or find something else funny about that, that you could, you know, and then I would put together a different document with just those funny pieces in it. So it's like constant iteration. You're constantly saying like, here's a bulk of ideas, Mm -hmm. here's a ton of stuff. And then just whittling down. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you still do that? Like I see now you have your office space over there and do you still separate yourself here? Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's all, it's all over the place. I, when I, you know, moved into this place, I was like, perfect. I have my office. I can close myself off. But sometimes I just sit down and I'm going at it right here where we're sitting. Um, that sounded really good. We're going at it right here where we're we're sitting. That's where I'm going at. Um, but you know, or sometimes I'm in there working, you know, I mean, it's what'll happen is in the morning I will, if if I'm writing a a script or something, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm mostly doing it in there. Um, and, and I'm, and I shut the doors and just, and I start in the morning. So, um, I need a fan though. I need a fan, a little mini air controller oh, yeah, the thing. Air in there. Yeah. The AC is out here. Right. And so the office that used to be a um a balcony and they've covered oh, it wow. up and they made it into a thing. So 
Um, but yeah, I usually go in there. I I jump around sometimes yeah. though. It's just I try not to force it. Yeah, and just find wherever you know feels good. I, before you guys came, I was sitting on the couch working. I mean, you can see yeah, all the totally. papers and crap over there. So that's for for I, yeah, as a musician, like I have to separate myself from work too, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I work at home for my yeah. job. I do UX, mm-hmm. and so from I work at home. There's my desk. Yeah, that's the same desk that I work on music at. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some sort of separation. Yeah, or else it becomes ugh. they're like they blend. Yeah. So I have my work laptop. I'll shut it and put it in my backpack so that it's not available. Oh, hours. interesting. That's it, because I, I work from a laptop, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what I do. So it's like I'll just shut that, put it away, and then, mm-hmm. then my office doesn't exist anymore, and or my work doesn't exist. But now it's just mm. for music, or just for five questions, or yeah, photography, whatever. I do shut this door. Yeah. If I'm working, I have to shut this. Because your bedroom's that way. My bedroom's that way. So yeah. It, I here's I've always had this weird thing since I was a kid, and I'd like to be sort of secluded mm-hmm. and holed up in mm-hmm. sort of small. Place or confined spaces, <laughs> yeah. And so, I, it's this isn't a small room, but it's confined. I shut the door and I feel closed off from the rest of the world. And I think right. that's really where I need to be mentally and emotionally. And and I and now that I think about it, I going to that office every night mm-hmm. and doing that. Mm-hmm. What was key is that everyone had left the office totally, and. I was just all by myself in my own little world and I was cut off in a way that it's hard to be now Yeah, because social media was not as crazily rampant Mm -hmm. as it is now and you could still get away. We weren't all addicted in the way that a lot of us are are addicted now. now. (laughs) And so I could, in fact, one of the reasons I would go to conference room is because in some of the rooms the wireless was not set up oh nice and i specifically was trying to avoid the internet yeah and so um yeah that was that was super helpful right on that's cool i i like confined spaces as well and i Mm -hmm. have a funny confined spaces story (laughs) yeah when we my band was touring the states we played over in virginia and we stayed with some buddies that were in a band Mm -hmm. and um well, we stayed in friend's house or whatever. We go to this house and there's like a living room and yeah. it was a sorority house. Okay. So that was like a problem already because right, it's like five yeah. dudes who were like, okay. And then like a lot of these young women running around and we were just mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, we just want to sleep. That's all yeah, we wanted yeah. to do. So we get there and there's like a couch, like an L couch. Two of the guys up there. There was like the floor space. One guy sat there, but behind the couch, uh, there was a small space and it was in front of a wall and a closet door and it was about two feet wide. Gotcha. And the, when I walked in, Boop. I yeah. was like, this is the place I'm sleeping because one, no one's going to step on me. Mm-hmm. Two, no one's going to know I'm there. Yeah. And three, I'm in my own little like That is bubble. a perfect spot. You know what I mean? Now I will say, yeah, that's where the, that's where the spiders go. Um, that, that was 10 years ago. So hopefully they didn't get me, but I mean, if they did, it's, uh, it's over. It's doesn't matter late. now, but um, <laughs> I'm all, you know, I'm always thinking about how enclosed I can. Yeah. There was, there was a spider in here last night. It was in my bedroom and I sprayed it with something. <laughs> Did because that make I him was angry? like, it would. It, he was pretty big too, oh, and uh, I have a bit of a spider issue okay. in this place. Um, I love it, but they're. You might see. I mean, they a they're in the. You see the baseboards around here. Yeah. Um, 
they could just crawl out of there any minute. Oh, that's, that's where cool. they come from. And so, not at like ten at once, but okay, it's not yeah, arachnophobia. Yeah. But like, okay. if you're, you'll be looking up, and there's one on the like the the ceiling or on the wall. Yeah. And then if you look away, when I first moved in here, there was one right above the office, and I and I went away to to I did something. Like I turned my back, and when I looked back, he was gone. <laughs> that's and never I never good, found. Man. I was like, well, what is how? <laughs> Oh, they're, the spiders here are magic in Silver Lake? He's on your back. Yeah. So oh. so last night, I that I got very used to how they go in and out. And you're sort of like, well, I'm used yeah. to them now, so it's like, whatever. But I used to be slightly arachnophobic. I still am. But Me um, too. Me too. Yeah, man. I don't... Me too. I, I, I'm not going to bed with one just hanging out in yeah. my room. It's got to be handled. Yeah. So I sprayed it, and it was in the bedroom, and and it fell onto the, the, like, the baseboard one of the the door jam thing. yeah yep and i was like oh it'll, it'll just be hanging there and then i went and looked and it was gone <laughs> and i looked around i was like well how where why and it had crawled into the bathroom oh dude and so i had to deal with that and uh, you know again fascinating stuff here we're, we're just digging we're digging <laughs> deep i have a fear of spiders as well uh-huh. and i've trained myself over years because i lived in la forever yeah so like there would just be spiders in the wall and I would just sit and look at it and I would just sit and stare at it and go, okay, like rationally, he's not trying to hurt me. He doesn't want to cause me harm. He's probably trying to benefit me by getting all the little bugs, other little shitty bugs out. You know. And it took me 10 plus years to get to a point where now I'll put him on a little piece of paper. Oh, no, I won't outside. do that. Yeah. That's not happening. But I've been able to do it and it's taken me a while. We had one recently and I was sitting, he was in my, in the studio. So I was at work and I turn around, he's just on the edge of the couch. And I, and on the edge of the big couch? Big enough. Yeah. Like kind of like. He's sitting there? He's just sitting here. And I was like far enough away, but I turn around there he was just sitting there. And he was like maybe this big. So like, no, a, like a dime. Nope, 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 nope. And nope, I was nope, like, nope. okay. And I had no, Emily wasn't there, so I had no one to protect me. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. So I just waited uh-huh. and I thought like, okay, what can I do? He's on a couch. He's not on a wall. That's easy. Yeah. You can do a paper and a cup or like a oh, glass gee, cup. Dude. I care too much. No, anyway, you do. You're better out. than I spoke to him and okay. I said, I'm coming. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. And I got him on like a magazine and a glass up like a drinking glass. Okay. Kick the door open to the patio and dump them off the edge. <laughs> it's too much stress for me. I would I would have a heart attack. What? Well, he showed up three days later in our pot on our on our patio. How do you know it was him? Because I know. I know it was Jerry. They all look alike. <laughs> oh, is that racist? <laughs> um, it might not have been. Is him. that how that is that what that feels like? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> black guy exploring racism. Yeah. Is that what that feels like? Based on spiders. So, no, man, I, I just, got, here's what I started doing. Yeah. I have, a, I, I keep a stack of index cards, uh-huh. uh, three by fives, seven by fives, and you just wait it out and they will eventually mm-hmm. get to a nice flat. You got to wait till they get away from the edge, mm-hmm. get a nice flat and you just wait. And then, and then a nice uh, soft press, yeah. and they're done. And you, and that's you, it. you don't, I don't, there are too many of them here. Yeah. I feel it's you. not like every yeah. now, like I have a situation. Right. I also have a, every once in a while, it's, we're in July. Yeah. Just, so this yeah. is the, this is the start of it. Yeah. But um, I moved into this place in July two years ago, and about a month after I lived here, I started noticing uh, yellow jackets oh, would appear geez. in. In the the house, and Dude. just like I'd be sitting there minding my business, and then suddenly I'd look up, and there would be one 
just sitting on the the on that window. Yeah, yeah. Or on that window over there, Uh and it takes a minute. It usually was in the evening. And I was like, it's usually, <laughs> guys, I am hammered, by the way. By the way, that's not water. I'm, dr- it's, no, it's this isn't water. This is all that. Uh, but yeah, so I had to, those are tough. Yeah, I wouldn't even, I would just move, I think. Yellow, yellow jackets jacket issue. are aggressive. They are the aggressive member of the wasp family. Right. And they are, they are here for your shit. But um, they're also usually tired when you find them in the place. This is Kevin Avery's Wild Kingdom. <laughs> What ways do you hold yourself back? Oh. Wow, man. Look. Um, hmm. I'm a... I waste time. I am a terrible procrastinator. Everybody procrastinates, I think. Um, or most of us do. Um Oh God, I really waste time, and I, and you know, I think it's partially just procrastination and partially a, a laziness or an exhaustion. Mm. Um, I can be working on something, and okay, to take it back to the stand-up thing, yeah. Uh, you know, or anything in a script or whatever, but the stand-up is a very easy way. You know, like I said, do the free writing, and then you're just writing, and it's a lot. It's it's nothing, and then a page and a half, two pages in, you type something, and you're like, "Oh, this is amazing! Oh, oh my God! Yes, that's the thing," and then. That's like, well, I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, yeah. you have that sort of sensation like where I yeah. was, yeah, more now than back then. Back then I was like, great. And I would just keep moving. But now there are a lot of times when I'm in that creative space and I'm, and I'm, and I make this breakthrough and then it's just like, okay, <laughs> boy. Yeah. Do a little stretch, yeah. you know, go lay down, like reward yourself with a drink or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you've been working for 45 yeah, minutes, totally. buddy, get back in there. And so I, yeah, I will, any excuse to get away from, to not work to, there's so many things I want to do just as a, Person, and some of them are just dumb things. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. watch all these shows. Yeah. Oh, I, I have all these books I want to read. Yeah. I'm a comic book lover, so I want to read comic. There are constantly little things in the day I want to do. I want to just go hang out and have a drink yeah, and sit on the balcony at totally. uh, the a bar or something. And um, but there is work to be done, mm-hmm. and so there's constantly a fight between being a person and being this artist that's still grinding and still trying to you know make it. So. I think that is one one way is just I waste time and that might be the biggest I do I can be very slow with I can be a slow writer and I can also be the instead of like coming up with the idea and then just executing it and doing it like some people do I like I said I will step back and plan it all out and and sometimes that works for my benefit 
sometimes it does not. Sometimes it's not necessary. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think creatively that's sort of, if I was, if I had better focus. Yeah. Oh man. Do you, do you feel though, like when you're procrastinating or you, are you like, do you want to do something else? Like you talked about doing, going out and like having a drink with your friends or like, you know, yeah. doing whatever. What if you were able to do that thing and get paid for it? Like what if you were able to like read comic books all the time? Do you oh, feel no, like you would then procrastinate from that? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like if I know you what could you're just saying. Do, do, uh, do comic book reading all the time. <laughs> some somehow somebody some millionaire paid you to do that. Well, it's not. I mean, now a lot of times it's. Um, no. Okay. So if I you if you got paid so. to read comic books, you would just read comic books all day. Well, or for eight yeah, hours. Oh, I see. Let's say for I eight guess, hours. I guess. So because you're doing something that like so many people like want to do, right? Yeah. You know, me as a musician, similar thing. Like you're writing comedy, you're writing all day. Mm-hmm. That's your job, and then you get procrastinating. You want to like do something else. Where yeah. does that just does the the buck passing keep happening down the line? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Maybe. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I do understand yeah. what you're saying, and it's possible because anything that you have to do a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you have sort of, uh, and that's hanging over your head is it, it just gets exhausting a little bit. And, and so, and when you're up against, you know, yeah, when you're kind of up against the wall on something, mm-hmm. I think the pressure of that tends to people want to back away from it. At least I do. Yeah. Um, even though the pressure is often what helps me yeah. get through it. Um, irony, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, maybe you're right. If I if it was something else, I mean, obviously, like when I think back to having a day job and having to do this thing that I didn't want anything to do with at all, yes, I would totally procrastinate because I'd rather be on the internet or I would rather be goofing around or working on comedy. Right. And here I am. I do comedy for a living. Comedy. Yeah. And yeah, but there's something. Yeah. So I, I bring that up because there, there's this uh, guy, he's a blogger, his, mm-hmm. his, the blog's called Wait But Why, uh-huh. and he writes about like these really long form articles with like stick figure drawings that are hilarious. If you've never seen them, I'll share them with you okay. after, they're super funny, but he writes uh, The Procrastination Matrix, and it's mm. this like long form, like 30 page article with caricature, caricature drawings, and he talks about like the procrastination monkey. He's mm-hmm. like always there to like, hey, come yeah. on, let's hang out. Yeah. And you're like, nah, dude. And then so he talked about like this idea <laughs> of like so real. working as like something you like. Like I'm a musician, so I think, oh, I could play music all day. But mm-hmm. when I'm doing that, I'm like, damn, I want to go do this other thing. Right? Yeah. And that's the monkey coming in. And yeah. Was, so for you, even if that you were is... reading comic books, you would still have a procrastination monkey. Yeah. And I think you hit it on the head uh... by saying like, if you're doing something a ton, even if you love it. Yeah. You need to like, oh my God, you got to break up that space. Well, there are just always other things to do. Yeah. There are always other fun things to do. Yeah. And so, and, but here's the thing. There is still, it's still work. There's still a yeah. pressure to it. There is still all the things associated with, you know, all that comedy writing or whatever it is I'm working on, you know. There's still all the things associated with being an artist that are there. Fear of the failure, of not being able to come up with anything, of, you know, if you knew you could just sit down and bang it all out, you would just bang it all Mm -hmm. out. But that's not how it works. You have to sit down and work through it and figure shit out. When you start to bang it out, 
you suddenly become focused and you're not looking away from the page and you're like, yeah, because yeah, then this happens and then this happens, and then, you know. And like three hours go by and you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. But when you're, um, I think when you're ramping up and like, well, what? I don't know. How can, man, I don't, you know what? I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go eat ice cream. I'm yeah. going to go do whatever. I, I got to, I got to take a walk for a while. And then that walk involves stopping at a, you know, bar a, or a something. Bodega. And, a bodega. A bodega. <laughs> if you're from the East Coast. Um, and yeah, but yeah, I, I think yeah. that, that hold yeah i think that's what has held me back lack of focus i just it really has always been my uh yeah my achilles heel i don't even know if that's the right but whatever <laughs> that's you know that's what i'm saying good. we got you So the last question I have for you, and I ask everyone the same last question. Yes. And that is, what will you miss the most when you're gone? Me? No. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't even make sense to say. (laughs) What will I miss the most when I'm gone is... um, I, I, you know, the the sort of unpredictability um, of doing all the things that I want to do mm. in my life. The um, the mystery of it all. Will I pull it off? What is actually going to be the result of this? You think it's going to be this thing, but then it turns out to be this thing. And the excitement of all that. I, I had a cancer scare a long time ago, and I remember thinking my worry about dying was that I, I, I it was that, but I, I, I still have so much to do. Yeah. I had so much that I, you know, and, and then when I was told I was fine that day, I is probably the most powerful I've ever been Wow, in my life. Mm. And the, the crazy thing about it is that every day beyond that, you you'll you know i you forget a little bit more of it and you have to kind of remind yourself no 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 you are you're you have this power you can yeah. do all this but it's weird it's like a it's there, it, there's a, a a trope in like i feel like sort of fantasy or sci-fi type of things that's similar to this and i can't remember i i've never been able to nail it quite down but there's a little bit of you that you start to lose your memory. It's like a, maybe it's a time travel thing okay? where you sort of forget who you were in a past yeah. life mm-hmm. or in, in an alternate reality or something like that. Because it's, yeah, you, you just, you start to settle back into your old life. And so that's the thing I've constantly had, I've constantly had to remind myself, yeah. is, you know, um, that, you know, I remember that day just thinking, I can do all of this stuff that yeah. I want to do, and let's go do it. And who knows how it's going to turn out, but yeah. let's go do it. And I think that's what I'll miss the most is just the unpredictability of, of and excitement of doing those those things. And that includes the the people 
that have become a part of my life through whatever left or right turn I've taken in life. And that's also, I mean, my life is constantly changing because of some new people that have been brought into my life mm-hmm. that I, that weren't there on a, you know, on a Tuesday and suddenly <laughs> on a Thursday, holy shit, this is, the, I love you guys, yeah, right, you know? Right. And, and so that to me is, um, I guess is, is a thing that I will miss. Thanks so much for tuning in. Check us out at fivequestions.me. Check out Kevin at kevinaverycomedy.com. Thanks to Fina Charlson who edited this episode, and we will see you next time. Take care.